problem's not just going to solve itself. The Steelers won't just sprint out of the tunnel Sunday night in Orchard Park, New York, and have all the answers they could ever want for fixing their offense. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. Daily Shot of Steelers is just one of three shows that I'm doing every day. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I've got one on Penguins and Pirates that matches these. Hope you have a chance to check them out. Sunday night, 8.20 p.m. is the kickoff. NBC broadcast, national audience, all kinds of implications for both Pittsburgh and Buffalo in this game. In the standings, uh, from the playoff perspectives, and, and from the Steelers' case specifically, a chance to overall bounce back. And, and all of that stuff matters. It's all well and good. I strongly suspect that most everyone who will be watching it will be looking a whole lot more at outcome than anything else. Not me. Not me. I'm, I'm locked in. I'm locked in on this offense. I, I think this defense is still going to be good enough, even without Bud Dupree and Devin Bush, to at least be part of a championship, even if it's no longer capable of carrying a team to a championship. This offense has miles to go. It's got some pieces. You can argue that it's got almost all of the pieces that you'd want. But those pieces aren't always the right ones being placed on the field. And then once they're on the field, the play calling's been lousy for the most part. This has to change. This this isn't optional. I'm not sure that it will. I'm not predicting anything here. I just happen to feel that there's enough talent there to put up 25 to 30 points if you're making the right choices and the right decisions. This isn't just about the coaches either, if that's what you're hearing in this. This is about everyone involved, and notably Ben Roethlisberger. There has to be a decision made from the top, from Mike Tomlin, that includes Randy Feetner, but that also honestly includes Ben, that includes real buy-in from Ben for this offense to work. The running game isn't going well. Anyone can see that. doesn't require you know, some sort of doctorate degree in football analysis when you see Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland, even James Conner before he went out getting shut down for half a yard every other attempt. That has to change. The passing has to go back downfield or just go downfield. I don't know that they ever were doing that this season. It's got to get there. It's got to get there. When the opponent is lining up nine people in the box on you (laughs) on first down, second down, and third down, they're basically laughing at you. They're saying, we know exactly what you're doing. We know the limitations you've put on yourself. And we're just going to stand right here and stop it. And that's been what's happened. 
That's what John Harbaugh was doing with a 36-man roster, eight of whom had been playing in their first-ever NFL game. Washington watched that tape. Washington learned from it. Washington succeeded. And then laughed about it, literally laughed about it. Not figuratively, were laughing about how predictable the Steelers' offense was and how easy it was to stop. That has to change. That has to change. Change some people. Change some people. Not to, not to send a message or anything like that. Change some people because you might have better people who aren't currently participating. Get Eric Ebron off the field. If he's not catching passes, he is as useful to that offense as you or I. That is the only thing he brings to the equation when he brings it. That's it. He is one-trick pony to the extreme. And if he's going to have two, three, four footballs fall at his feet in every game, he's worthless. Watch his blocking, if you dare. It is some grisly footage. This quarterback, early on, placed a lot of trust in Ebron. He, I think, had visions of getting his Heath Miller back, having that late play valve that he could throw to this guy he's made some catches he's made some plays he's shown uncommon athleticism for someone his size and I'm here to maintain that it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if he isn't doing the thing he's most capable of doing have a seat. You've got a replacement in Vance McDonald. Vance McDonald is 10 times a blocker. Vance McDonald is a pretty decent pass catcher. And he'll pick up some yards after the catch, too, unlike Ebron, who just goes down. This is, out of all the possible moves you could make to try something that could help this offense, this is right on top of the list. I don't know that it's the only one. I don't know that it's the only one. I want to see Kevin Dotson get involved on the offensive line. I'd love to suggest that he could just plug right in at right guard for David DeCastro, but I'm really trying to come up with ideas here that have at least some remote possibility of happening. Mike Tomlin is not taking an all-pro offensive lineman off the field in midseason. He's not going to do that even if he could very easily say, look, Dave's been banged up from the first day of training camp, which is true. He's had to come in and out of the lineup and everything else, which is also true. He's not going to do it. He's just not. So how do you get Dotson out there? Well, Dotson's a really good run blocker from the interior. Try him at left guard. Kick Matt Filer back out to right tackle. I'm here to tell you. Matt Filer would be delighted by this development. I'm tired of pounding the horse for James Washington. And I know everyone seems to have the idea that James Washington was finally 
you know, a big part of the offense again because he had those two monster plays against Washington, the team. The fact is, the two monster plays were his only catches. He was targeted four times. He was put on the field. Feetner did have him out there. Ben didn't throw to him. Remember, I asked Ben, not Coach Randy, I asked Ben what he could do to get James Washington more involved a few days ago. Remember that? Because ultimately, the ball's in his hand. He's the one that can make that change. He's the one that can get James Washington more engaged and make this offense steadier and more productive. And, oh, by the way, more downfield so that teams stop this silliness with the 9, 10, 11, 12 people that they're sticking in the box. There are changes. There are strategic changes. I mean, the 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 low-hanging fruit out of Washington was you know, the idiotic call to throw to Anthony McFarland on 4th and 1. But there were others. There were others. The, the tackle eligible play to Gerald Hawkins was Probably one of the ten dumbest things I've ever seen the Steelers do. There were decisions made over the past few weeks to do all kinds of running left and right. They used the jet sweeps, then they took the jet sweeps out. They used no huddle, then they took the no huddle out. It's been a confounding offense from the very beginning with little to no identity other than that it has Ben Roethlisberger as a quarterback. I will stubbornly maintain that what this team needs more than anything is to utilize its wide receivers. I know the drops, the drops, the drops, but let's see how they are when the ball's downfield. Let's see if that's a little different. Let's see if you can get these guys making big plays and feeling better about themselves and more confident, more cocky, whatever. Go do all your celebrations, whatever else it takes. But start utilizing them as real weapons downfield. That'll open up a lot of other things and might even render a couple of the other subjects I've just mentioned moot. But you can't just stand pat. You can't just standard is the standard with this thing. Real change has to happen. And I believe it has to happen before Buffalo. We'll see. We'll see. When we come back, uh, why does Ben always take the blame way too easily? And what does it actually mean? Roethlisberger has a session with reporters every Wednesday morning, almost without fail. He's done that for years. He had another one yesterday, and one of the questions that came up was, 
something about what needs to happen to help his receivers get through this crisis with the drops. And even as the question is being asked, I'm listening on this call and mouthing to myself, throw the ball better. I don't actually believe that. I just knew Ben was going to say that. And sure enough, here it came. Well, each guy um, individually maybe is a little different, but um, I think that I just need to give them more catchable balls, put them in position to catch balls when they're not going to get hit. Um, so I, I'm not going to, to worry too much about pulling them aside and having heart to heart like you need to catch a ball. I need to give them balls that are more catchable, and and I need to be to be my best so that they can be uh, at their best because when they're at their best, we're we're pretty good. Jim Colony. Yeah, there we go. Hey Ben, what's the uh, what's your practice plan for this week, and what's the right amount of practice for you to get week by week? Um, not really sure. I mean, today I'm going to probably take the day off. You have to ask coach. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to plan on treating it like a normal uh, kind of Thursday, even though it is a little shorter week. I'm going to plan on getting out there and get some reps, and, and we'll just kind of see as the week unfolds. This started really a couple years ago. I've covered most of Ben's career in Pittsburgh, and I've paid close attention to what he says, probably closer than I that I should, because then you start over-reading things. But he's one of those people when he deals with media that he speaks while throwing in clues. Like there's always some subtext to what he's saying or even how he's saying it. And if you read him correctly, you can find out so, so, so much about the Steelers as a whole because, you know, everything does kind of run through him. This thing probably started uh, after the 2018 season, meaning, you know, the one where the Steelers got knocked out by Jacksonville despite being 13-3 and and all that circus stuff with A.B. and and everything else. And Ben showed up last year to camp. This was obviously before being hurt and just had this super smiling professional – uh, conciliatory, willing to accept blame for anything and everything attitude. And whether or not that was part of his attempt to kind of, i say, win people back, because the only people that he lost in that whole mess were people who aren't in and around the Pittsburgh market who were just listening to the trash that was being thrown around in the national media that everyone knew here was, like, legitimately incorrect. Not because, like, we're homers or whatever, but it was actually wrong. And he just showed up with that that approach. He has taken that this season to a new level. He does this all the time. If he puts a ball between the 8 and the 5 on Ebron's chest from seven yards away, and Ebron's standing there looking at him, looking at the football, and he still doesn't catch it. If anyone were to waste one of their post-game questions, and we don't get many in corona time, 
if anyone were to waste one of these questions on asking Ben, hey, what happened on that play that you were trying to hit Ebron from six yards away and he just plain old dropped it? I would lay out everything, everything I own, betting on Ben coming back with, uh, you know what, uh, maybe I threw the ball too quickly there, or maybe I just didn't have the right cadence, or maybe it was just some B.O. because I forgot my deodorant and it threw everyone off in the huddle. I don't know. You know, <laughs> it would be something like that. This approach, while well-intentioned, If it does make it back to the players in the room, and most of what the quarterback says does, which is why he's so cognizant of it and so careful a lot of the time with us, can have an impact of, hey, hey this is this is a team player. He's really got our backs. I mean, all we've been doing is dropping passes for the last two weeks like crazy. And he hasn't gone public ripping us. That's really, really cool. On the other hand... If you do that all the time, you know, if everything is my fault, everything is my fault, my fault, my fault, my fault, my bad, my blow. If everything is that way, then nobody takes you seriously. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you can't just say, no, 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 that's, that's on me, that's on me, that's on me. If not everyone believes it every time you say it. And I, I just wonder if this isn't one of those things that, you know, we've talked about over the years related to how Ben's teammates perceive him and, and so forth. And he's been an unquestioned great leader uh, on and to the best of my ability to gauge off the field this season. I'm not picking on him. Trust me on this. I'm just saying that this specific trait of his is something that, A, I want to call attention to use. And when you hear it every time, you don't just reflexively go, wow, that was really big of Ben, because he's doing it with virtually every answer to every question. But the other reason I'm bringing it up is in case it, it does end up uh, – affecting anything between him and, and anybody else. Because you do want the people who are your leaders, the people who are the ones crafting and, and following through on the culture to be as real as they can be. That's never been easy for Ben. It hasn't. It's just not in his nature. Again, not a criticism. It's just not there. And it's something worth, I, I think, keeping an eye on. You know, it's funny. There's a part of me that almost wishes that there'd be one game where he just goes, you know what, it'd be nice if these guys would catch the ball once in a while. I'm sitting back there getting plastered, hanging in the pocket, so that this clown can just drop a ball that I threw right between his hands. That'd be kind of cool. When we come back, just one question.
At Point Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Welcome back. Time for just one question, and that's brought to you by personal injury law firm of Luxembourg Garbett, Kelly and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed for medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG take pride in doing what they say they're going to do. They talk about it all the time. It's about promises. It's about keeping promises. They've been doing that for over 80 years in our region. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. You can learn more about them at lgkg.com or give them a call at 888-842-5454. Today's Just One Question comes from Calvin Chen, who asks, Don't you think it's too big a coincidence that since Mike Munchak left, the Steelers just haven't been able to run it effectively? Or maybe it's just an aging line. Um, Calvin, it, it's your second one, and it's your second one by a pretty broad margin. I, the Munchak thing has more the feel of standard radio style drama if you will uh, he's a name that Steelers fans got to know and like uh, and some of them even saw him as being the person who should take over for Mike Tomlin should he be fired or quit or whatever so there were a lot of eyeballs on Munchak in his time here way more than you'd normally have for an offensive line coach. On top of that, the guys who played for him swore by him up, down, and sideways. He changed their careers, they'll tell you. Even the, the older guys, Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, uh, Alejandro Villanueva, Ramon Foster, Marcus Gilbert before that, all just sang about him. It's just this guy is just the best. So when someone like that leaves and he's replaced by somebody that almost nobody knew, in this case Sean Surrett, you're not going to have that same sense of confidence. The Steelers players aren't going to glow about Sean Surratt. They have his back, but they're not going to go raving about him. They're not going to say, oh, yeah, this guy. Because Munchak came here with, with credentials. He's NFL head coach on top of everything else that he achieved as an actual offensive lineman. This was an outstanding, outstanding football player for a lot of years. So I'm not going to sit here and dismiss Munchak's absence as being a factor. I'm sure he could be working in particular, you know, with younger guys, uh, with Chuk Sikorafor, with Kevin Dotson, guys like that where he could make a difference. Maybe helping Matt Filer in a way to transition from right tackle to left guard, a move that he made selflessly. 
But really, the bigger thing is is just they're not what they were. It's the same guys. You could put any coach on the sideline, and he's not going to make a difference if David DeCastro is getting pushed back two yards. He's not going to have a different answer. It's not going to be, Dave, cut him low. Dave, do this with your stance. No. If he's getting knocked back, whether it's injury or otherwise, the coach won't make a difference. Watch this line on running plays. This isn't a case where, you know, 15, 20 years ago, when you started to see a lot of trap blocking and, and offensive linemen would just go low and cut people at the knees. You can't do that anymore. Rules have taken it out. There isn't going to be some, you know, super swift thing that somebody snaps their finger and, oh, look at that. Now they've got the technique down. Uh-uh. If you're getting pushed back, you've got a problem. You've got a problem that's a lot bigger than any coach can solve. It's a good question, though. It's just a question that's really without an answer. Thanks for that, and thanks to everybody for listening today. We'll have one more show tomorrow, and then it's off to Buffalo. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.